Hello, welcome to the new episode of Supplycast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. Today, I'm joined by Mary Mundy from Capsticks. Hi, nice to see you. Thank you for joining me, Mary, for this. Uh, a lot of listeners will know who, who you are because Capsticks and indeed yourself have been a, a regular in recent years on the uh, programmes at our conferences. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So this is the bit where I say you'll need no introduction, but then I introduce you and yeah. ask you to talk a little bit about, about things as we do when people are on this uh, podcast for the first time. We'd like to know a little bit about them as individuals, where they got to where they are, et cetera, et cetera. One thing I wanted to say right off the bat, though, Mary, is on, I think it's on your Twitter, on your Twitter, it always makes me laugh because your at is is <laughs> Monday, Monday or Merry Monday, <laughs> as in the... Um, uh, Mamas and Papas song. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, um, I yeah, my husband uh, <laughs> told me I should change that actually, but no, it was kind shouldn't. of it was kind of too late. Yeah, so yeah, it's O Monday Monday, which does go okay. back to um, I suppose university days of people singing that at me, and um, <laughs> a very old email address that I don't even use anymore. But um, yeah, that is my strap line for Twitter, and. Um, I I hadn't changed it before I moved to Cat Six, and then I was you know <laughs> tagged in it when I joined. I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to have to keep using that now. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I think you yeah. should keep it. <laughs> I suppose you've had you've had at oh Monday Monday, or you could have had at I don't like Mondays, but that might be a bit that might have seemed a bit a bit strange. And yeah, a bit negative self, on the brand. Yeah, self loathing. <laughs> exactly. Names probably not the way forward. Um, Mary, as I said, you're at uh, Capstitz, which is a, do we call you a law firm? Yes, yeah, we are a law firm. Um, it sounds a bit American, doesn't it? Law firm, you know, it's more <laughs> of a sort of American phrase. But you're a law firm, as I said, you, you, um, you, listeners will know very much um, Capstitz and, you, and yourself as well. Um, but first of all, can you give us a little bit of an idea about your background and how you ended up at Capstitz and then what you do there now? Yeah, sure. Um, well, um, how far do we want to go back in terms of background? It's a good question. But um, um, I... <laughs> you know, we don't, not not as uh, far back as you know. We don't have to go back to uh, you know prehistoric. <laughs> you know, sure. we, we know yeah, no, we're bad, fairly, yeah. fairly certain the meteor took out the dinosaurs. We can that's, yeah. that's fine. Exactly. But if you just keep to, if you just keep to maybe how you you know how you got involved, how you became a legal professional. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, I think from kind of mid teens onwards, I was just really interested in being a lawyer. I don't really know why, because I didn't um, like no one in my family were lawyers. It's not like I had any kind of family influence or anything. But um, was there I really a TV enjoyed... show or film? Or yeah, like there that, probably that was. Of, you know... it, yeah, I think. Um, probably something like Ali McBeal I probably assumed that I would just you know walk down the street in a really nice coat holding a coffee and that that would be my life um it's certainly Mary Harrison Ford (laughs) yeah 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 she did didn't she um but I yeah I was just always interested in law um I really liked um kind of the analytical um subjects at school like history really like looking at different arguments my my mum definitely encouraged me to pursue law um, and she used to say that I you know loved arguing about things 
I would say that's not true, but I can see how ironic <laughs> it is for me saying that. I don't, people that know me know that I don't like arguing, but I do love coming up with, you know, different um, options for clients, etc. Um, so it was, it was quite an obvious um, topic for me to choose to go to university. So I chose to study law and I went to Newcastle um, and yeah, really enjoyed the degree and um, I think always thought that I wanted to be a solicitor rather than a barrister um based on what would would be the difference yeah so the main difference so solicitors are the people that you would go and see in law firms and who would advise um clients on day-to-day matters when things become litigious so when there's a challenge so for example with stuff I do where there's a procurement challenge Mm -hmm. we would then use councils they would use barristers um to give opinions on the chance of a success um, and also they would be the people in court wearing the wigs and gowns you know yeah, arguing sure. the case or defending the case etc um so that's that's a very kind of simplistic explanation as to the, the differences mm-hmm. um so I applied for training contracts which is what you need to do um in order well then what you needed to do in order to qualify as a solicitor and it was and still is incredibly competitive um so got lots of um knockbacks got a few opportunities to do work experiences um I was also secretary of our law society so I kind of used to arrange quite a lot of events etc um for, for graduate recruitment things um, and I got a training contract with um, a law firm. It was then called Eversheds. It's now Eversheds Sutherland, um, based in their Newcastle office. Um, and had two brilliant years um, doing my training contracts. And I did a seat in commercial and procurement work and then qualified into that department. Um, and at the time, we did a lot of work for healthcare clients. So there was there was often a healthcare slant to the procurement and commercial work that I did. Um, I then moved to Leeds to be with my now husband and um, I did a couple of in-house roles. I went to the regional development agency, Yorkshire Forward, um, and then I went to NHS Supply Chain for a couple of years um, and had yeah a great, great time working with clients within NHS Supply Chain. So I was one of their in-house lawyers. Um, okay. I still know uh, lots of people from there from Mm. from those days obviously they're all in kind of different parts of the NHS supply chain world or in trusts now for example um and but I always knew that I wanted to go back into private practice so I wanted to work in a law firm because um I I think one of the key skills that lawyers need is relationship building you know people need Mm. to trust you need to trust your advice um and have confidence in you and um I just really liked that side of the of the role, really. So I moved from NHS Supply Chain back into private practice and was at another law firm for about eight years. And then in um, 2021, um, decided to move across to Cap6 to be a partner here. Um, and yeah, so I've been here for just over two years. I'm also our deputy head of healthcare. So I work closely with our wonderful head of health, Andrew Rowland, in terms of... Um, making sure that the firm's strategy is right for health and that we're supporting clients in the way that we that we need to um, and in terms of yeah get, in terms of why I chose to move and, and kind of work within health and I, I do other sectors as well but I think um, the projects that we do for healthcare clients I, I think that it's so easy to get passionate about it we all need the NHS mm. um, and 
Um, even though my work isn't about individual people in the way that, say, a family lawyer or a you know criminal lawyers might be, for example, you know, there's, as I always say to our team, there's, there are patients at the end of this who are going to have improved care, or you know, um, the the ways of working within the NHS will only be improved by these procurement projects going well. So you can get really passionate about the projects that we deliver. Uh, this is a good point for me to tell you that I actually took a level law. <laughs> mm. Right, okay. <laughs> did you enjoy Which, it? I, did, I got an A. Oh, well done. Yeah, I, I did quite I did quite enjoy it. And uh, but, but what's interesting about that is obviously I didn't pursue anything beyond that. But uh, it's funny to me how things do stick in your head. Like I can still, I still can remember all the details of Carlyle versus Carbolic Smokeball Company. Yeah. <laughs> which is what, you know, and um, uh, so it's funny how, it, it's funny how it does sort of stick with you. I guess that's probably one of the reasons, I guess, why people tend to go into that, to that line of work that you have and, and, and stay within it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, I think, yeah, definitely. I think, and I think it, that comes down really to the teaching, doesn't it? As to whether mm. you remember yeah. it, but also yeah. it's finding um, finding something interesting about the cases. So I, like the way I used to revise when I was at uni was I would mm. just find something, you know, something specific about the name of the case or the facts of it yeah. that, that were memorable. Because I think ultimately... You know, we, we need to have really good memories um, to, mm. to remember all of it. And there's, mm. you know, in particular in procurement, there's always new case law coming about. And um, it does always come down to the facts um, and, and obviously then applying that to other, other projects that we're advising on. Um, but, yeah, you have you have to find it interesting. Otherwise, um, it yeah. would, you know, you're not going to want to do it for very long. I was going to ask actually about the procurement side of things and and how um what do you find if indeed anything that's particularly peculiar say to procurement law and the kind of stuff that you do for for example say like members of the hsa yeah well i think um i think i can understand um from the trust side that um it can sometimes be really frustrating um i i think the legislation um is it is really complicated and mm you you can't just open um a, you know the public contracts regulations and know how to run a procurement process mm. so a lot of the um a lot of stuff comes down to what the case law says the interpretation of that obviously now we've left europe so there's a real kind of confusion as to which case law now applies etc um for, for a lot of people so obviously that's our role to make sure that we help clients navigate through that um, but yeah, I think that's the most tricky part. And I think that's it's a really important part of um, a procurement lawyer's job is to is to explain what that legislation and case law means in reality to that person in the trust or, you know, in um, framework operator and also to bidders, um, what that means in reality. So what does it mean to act transparently, you know, and, and how that kind of stems through into how the process is run, how documents are written and the behaviour of people throughout that process. So I think that's the kind of slightly um, a complicated aspect of it, definitely. One of the main reasons kind of, that we're talking to you today is because on May 25th is going to be the uh, first, the inaugural event, if you will, for HSA's 
Women's Network, which is HCC's Women's Network for you know, Women in Procurement and Supply Chain. There's been a very good early res- response to that in terms of people wanting to get involved. And, you know, we had an inaugural uh, meet, virtual meeting, which is, was extremely well attended. So this event is coming on the 25th of May. There's a very good, you know, there's a program lineup. You can find it if you go to the events section of the HCSA website. Um, and you can also book onto that. And you can also book for the the, um, the dinner as well in the evening. Uh, please make sure, though, that because it's um, free to NHS members to make sure that you're logged in uh, before before you go to the events page so that you're logged in and it will take you through to where you can book. Um, but the reason why, one of the main reasons why we got you on today is because Capsticks very kindly has uh, taken upon themselves to be um, a very forthright uh, supporter and sponsor of the upcoming event. Um, you very quickly put your hands up and say, we want to get involved in this. We want to support this. Yes. So I wanted to ask you really about where that where that came from, where that immediate uh, desire to be committing um you know, financially and in terms of expertise, et cetera, to uh, the network and indeed the launch event on the 25th of May. Yeah, thanks. I think um, I mean, the, the Women's Network really does fit in with um, Capstick's values um, in terms of the, the support that we um, give to our um, female colleagues internally, but also in terms of the work that we want to do um, across supporting our client base as well. Um, and I think for me personally, um, in a way, part of it is a bit of a thank you to a lot of women across NHS procurement and supply chain who have certainly inspired um, me over the years. But I think importantly to us, we just wanted to share um, in, in our experiences, really, with um, your with the members of HSA. Um, we've been doing a lot of work internally on making sure that um, female colleagues are supported and have the right opportunities. We do that um, support across other client organisations as well. And it just, yeah, it just felt totally right when I heard about the network. And I think it's great that it has been set up. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the event on the 25th of May. I think it's great. We're going to host a panel session. Um, where we'll hear from lots of different inspirational speakers across the NHS in terms of their journeys and some of the experiences that they have had. And I I remember about um, six or seven years ago going to a very similar event for women in law and um, it felt like a massive turning point in my career actually because I think it was after my um, I just got back after maternity leave, having had my second child, and I was kind of umming and ahhing about my next step and going for promotion, etc. And I remember going to this event and just being really blown away by all the stories from um, other women in the room. And I remember getting back on the train to go back up to Leeds and writing my business case for partnership on the train and just kind of it really gave me that. Kind of spur that I needed mm-hmm. and um, I think we can't underestimate the power of having lots of people together collaborating sharing ideas experiences and stories and and the impact that that can have on people um, is is yeah is, is really really special so yeah we're really really delighted to be supporting the network and um, yeah as I say can't wait for the event later this month. Uh, you're, you're going to be giving a speech as well? Is that correct? 
Yes, yeah, well, I, I will be opening it up. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I did see on your on the website of the day that you called it a vital speech, so <laughs> no pressure. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I will I'll certainly be opening it up and, um, yeah, sharing some um, some of probably of my own experiences and uh, just kind of hoping to set the scene for, for what we'll be hearing for the rest of the day. Well, that sounds like, uh, yeah, but it sounds like you're going to be coming at it from the perfect angle there um how would you something like a the, the the women's network i mean how would you how would you like to see something like that be developed well i think i mean it would be great um to have lots of people attending the event and i think it's kind of um seeing how that event goes and then the kind of follow-ups for that oh. so i know that um there is an aim to develop kind of learning and development for for mm. people um and i think i think one of the key things there will be for everyone who attends later this month to to share what they want to get out of it because um you know as well as learning and development it might be other events other um kind of webinars that we could do on, on different topics for example that people want some more um guidance about um, but the, the success is probably going to be seeing, you know, you getting more female members across yeah. HSA, um, people sharing their own stories as to whether or not, it, you know, they were inspired by something, whether they went off and decided they wanted to get promoted. But also, it's not just about people who want to progress and get promoted, because I think I think we need to be careful that it, it, it's, it doesn't come across like it's just for people who want to get to the top, you know, whatever the yeah. top is. Everyone has their own individual um circumstances and um and aims um in terms of what they want from their career for example mm. so i think it, it's it's important that people get from it what they need really mm. yeah i yeah absolutely i think uh, you know when um over the discussions over the the women's network it is quite surprising in some ways when I mean, there isn't there hasn't been a a um a network like this before for this part of healthcare so it is you know it is a very new thing which i guess is why there's been you know such a lot of um interest in it um and it has been driven by some very passionate people um and as you say though throughout not just at all levels that we have i mean i sit on our the hsa future leaders group and we have a little think tank we meet regularly and we discuss things and um it's certainly something that um within that group there's been a lot of interest in with the women's network as you mm. say it's about putting uh, at all levels you know because um in, in in many ways in those levels that are those the less senior levels of people are starting to you know in those meetings already you've been in some of them with the women's network that you'll know that there's a lot of discussion about things like and a lot of stories that come out about things like like imposter syndrome yeah the first thing you know if you're if you're clearly if you're you know if you're a woman going into say a meet a meeting or boardroom and there is nothing but men there we we, we know we know how that can 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 often go in terms Absolutely. of, of that, that that kind of thing we know yeah. how those things can be difficult to um have your voice heard or to have the room want to hear your voice um and that's definitely a key that's definitely a very key part of what's been spoken about in terms of the program yeah yeah, I think that's I think it's really important to um, to share as many 
stories as possible um, for people because um, I, I, I don't know anyone who has said that they haven't suffered from imposter syndrome, men and women. And, and in fact, it was my, my first supervisor um, in my training contract who was male and he he shared his experience of it. I mean, at, at that at that time, it didn't have a didn't have a, a label. We didn't call it imposter syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I think one of the um, issues that it is why it can it can be so um, d- difficult to deal with, particularly in in the line of my work and also the you know procurement professionals' work, is because so often. Um, in meetings we're having to deliver quite difficult messages and if you're in a room where you feel like your voice isn't going to be heard um, or you're not going to be taken seriously um, and you're having to say to people oh well you won't be able to award the contract right then or um, or that they can't do something a certain way because that's not what the legislation permits etc um you know that those are people don't want to hear those messages sometimes so you're already you're already fighting against potentially against the kind of your own um internal um i suppose worries in terms of the imposter syndrome but if you then get you know kind of difficult questions back etc and i know lots of people talk about you know as a woman having to work twice as hard and to, to get that kind of respect in a meeting um and yeah so adding that layer of complexity on top of something which is already going to be slightly difficult because of the messages that have to be um, heard and delivered um yeah I can understand why imposter syndrome really does um hold people back so yeah we will be talking a lot about that at our event on the 25th and I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing from from some of the speakers that we've got lined up on that and and I know that irrespective of anyone's personal circumstances that they will they will come out of that event on the 25th feeling inspired by something whether it's one of the speakers or just a conversation with someone over you know drink for example but yeah um yeah it will be a really uplifting event those uh additional speakers obviously that yourself and um Jules Wyman who is who has uh, spoken at HSA conferences before, but Sam Collins as well. Mm. Um, it's um, you can, again, you can find the agenda if you go to the um, to the event page on the HSA website. Just make sure you're logged in. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out was that, um, that I think there might be still a couple or maybe one uh, sponsor slot or a couple of sponsor slots um, opportunities, I should say, available. If anybody um, listening is interested in that, then please email. Kath Ibbotson, that's kath.ibbotson at nhsbecurement.org.uk. Again, the details for contacting Kath are on the event page for the uh, Women's Network event. Mary, I think we've reached that stage of the podcast where I'm going to now hurtle you along to the final act. Okay. (laughs) Which is Desert Island Supplies, which regular listeners will know uh, involves you being taken off to a desert island somewhere where there's mm-hmm. plenty of food and water you don't need to worry about that um and we get asked you'll get asked um to take a luxury item you can take um one music album with you okay um, and you can take one movie the idea obviously being that you know if you had only one album to listen to by one artist or one film you know, to listen to for the rest of your life, who would it be? Um, So first of all, we start off with the luxury item though. So 
what would you be taking to your desert island? What luxury item? So can I just check? I'm being a bit of a typical <laughs> lawyer here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, what, what are the parameters for this? Yeah. So when yeah. you say food and drink is sorted, is coffee within that? Or um, <laughs> no. Because like that could uh, potentially be a luxury item if, if it's not covered by no. the... Yeah, the coffee, a luxury item. I mean, it seems a bit, seems a bit frugal. Yeah, okay. Let's not go let's assume, let's assume you've got, you know, like when you're at an HSA event, you've got plenty of tea and coffee whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're at the cat stick stand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, with our coffee machine. Okay. Um, so, luxury item, probably a nice smelling candle. Um, oh, okay. I do like, I do like a nice candle um, burning away. Uh, so yeah, something like a neon. They do they do this amazing uh, thing called scented de-stress, um, which is, um, is, that, yeah, is, that, is it is it is it no, it's not. Is it chamomile that's meant to de-stress? Um, probably lavender. or lavender. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but they they're very yeah. Very, and I like a nice candle, so mm-hmm. um, always always lighting those. Um, so, presumably you'd want to take some matches or a lighter with you uh, because yeah, you're not so, going to want to you're not going to want to get all Tom Hanks on that island are you Try, yeah, spending trying weeks trying to perfect <laughs> yeah I mean but if I don't have anything else to do then I suppose you yeah, know I trying suppose, to make firewood keep me occupied yeah. for a bit yeah mm. okay so luxury item you, you're taking out I, I mean but we won't just let you have one candy you can you can take a <laughs> supply of yes. uh of, of sweet smelling calming candles with you yeah yeah uh okay and um what about music what uh what music would you be taking with you oh gosh I mean I I do like lots of different types of music but I am a very very cheesy girl I'm afraid (laughs) um and and um lots of people who know me will know that I am a very big fan of Britney Spears right (laughs) um and so I'm trying to think would I take a Britney album I might take, uh, or I might take Beyonce. Actually, there's Beyonce. I am Sasha Fierce, which mm-hmm. I think kind of linking back to the women's network. I think we all all need our Sasha Fierce in us. So maybe, um, maybe one of Beyonce's albums I take actually, um, yeah, because they're quite good fun to dance to. And if I'm just, am I on my own on this island? Well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid so. Yeah, afraid fine. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I'll just say <laughs> dancing around to Beyonce as well, whilst I'm then making fire to light my candle. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll go with we'll go with um, I am Sasha Fierce by Beyonce. Sounds like you'll be you'll be perfectly happy there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, what film would you What film would you take? Do you have Do you have uh, similar tasting films as you do in music or, or, or <laughs> I think or... I do yeah um <laughs> I do I'm afraid I do I mean there are there are some films that I can watch again and again so mm-hmm. um the lawyer in me absolutely loves a few good men right um so yeah but you said the lawyer in me I suddenly my 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 brain my brain was suddenly rifling through all the different great legal thrillers that we found well, of which there are many yeah you know, it's one of the great genres of film isn't it the legal yeah. drama the legal thriller absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. So that's so one you go with a few good yeah men, maybe men. or to be fair though I think I need to be I need, I need to be in quite an uplifted mood if I uh, kind of I mean although it does sound amazing this place I think I'm thinking <laughs> no, yeah. a little bit too much about how great it would be to go <laughs> I could there. see I can see you wistfully staring up into the yeah. middle distance 
you're yeah. definitely there at the moment I you? am I am I'm there yeah so maybe maybe something like a musical um I, I mean to be fair recently uh my family and I started watching The Greatest Showman again um right. we we got a few years ago we we, uh, we were absolutely obsessed with it and kind mm. of watched it all the time but then yeah. my my daughter is only six um but she we so she wasn't that keen on bits of it but she's suddenly fallen in love with it and now yeah. is convinced that she's going to be an acrobat mm-hmm. so yeah maybe the greatest showman because it's got good tunes Hugh Jackman Zac Efron you know what more do you need well it sounds so you're no, you're no longer going to be alone on that desert lining you're going to have Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron yeah <laughs> keep, keep, keeping you keeping you company um Okay, that that's excellent. So you've got your, you can really picture the scene now, can't you? You've you got you've got your candle on. You've listened to a bit of Beyonce, possibly a bit of Britney, and um, and then you finished it off with the Greatest Showman. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I suppose album-wise, if you could have like now, that's what I call music. Yeah. I don't know, like nineteen ninety whatever. What would it be? Nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety eight, or something. Mm-hmm. So actually, mm-hmm. that's quite a good because then you've got quite a mix, haven't you, of all of the uh, songs from that era? But yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm going to be quite miserable after we've come off this bridge because I'm just now picturing myself on this. Beach, I know, yeah, island, yeah, that's so. the problem. Yeah, I think you're definitely there at the moment, and then, yeah. and then sort of reality is going to come crashing down as soon as. Yeah. I think everyone has a bit of a come down after they've done supply cars. I think it's such a, it's such an, it's such an adrenaline fueled twenty odd minutes that I think everyone has a bit of a come down after doing a supply car. Yeah, yeah. In my head, anyway. That's how, that's what happens. Uh, Mary, thank you very much for joining me today on this episode, um, talking about yourself. Uh, but also talking in depth there about the Women's Network and why it was so important for um, South African Capsticks to be supporting it. And obviously, thank you very much for your support of that event and the Women's Network as well. So thank you very much for your time. I know it's precious out there. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's been nice to talk to you. Okay, and that concludes this episode, and I hope you can join me on the next episode of Supplycast. Bye.